What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. All right, good evening. Those lights hurt our eyes, don't they, coming back on. But uh, welcome to those of you here this evening. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we do have an online audience tuning with us as well, so you're going to see me looking that way as well as we talk to those tuning online this evening. So if you are tuning online, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church right here in Jackson, Missouri. We're so glad that you joined us this evening. What we want to do is invite you to join us next week, next Wednesday or Sunday, right here at 1225 Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. At 10.30 in the morning, We on Sundays, we have our Joy Church service. Wednesday nights, we have Next Level Freedom Church, and we would love to meet you and your families and pray with you over whatever needs you may have in your life. So thank you so much for joining us. The rest of you, welcome this evening. So those of you that see some new faces tonight and some that have been here a while, we've been in a series called Dreams, Dungeons, and Deliverance. And we've been talking about the story of Joseph and how he came through all kinds of ups and downs. And now we have got to the point where he is second in command of Egypt and he's getting ready. Tonight we're going to get to the revealing where he reveals himself to his brother. So let's go ahead and read our key passage this evening. As we begin tonight's message, it's, it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. This has been our key passage for the entire series, and it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And I talked about a little bit over the last several weeks that when I read that verse, or when I got was getting ready to start Jacob, this verse came to mind because we notice in Joseph, I'm sorry, Joseph, I said Jacob, Joseph, we notice in Joseph's life, he has been taken from glory to down to glory, and God just continually takes him on the journey in life. So we notice as we began his story several weeks ago, we've got one more week after this one, and we're going to close out this series, but We've noticed at the beginning of his story, he was a 17-year-old kid who may have been a little arrogant, we don't know, but we noticed within those first couple of years, his dad gave him a garment or a robe or a coat of many colors, and we believe that represents some sort of management that he was over his brothers. So now he's manager over his brothers. Brothers don't like that too much. That's when they come up with the idea. First, they were going to kill him, remember? But then they decided, no, 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 let's not kill him. And then Judah comes up with this bright idea that, you know what? We can make more money off of him if we sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery. Reuben shows up and is like, where did he go? Because Reuben must have been out somewhere. But we noticed that Judah has that persuasion 
He's got the gift of persuasion where he can persuade people to do what he wants them to do, regardless of whether it's good or bad. We notice as we look at Judah in the Bible. However, that's prophetic in itself because Judah makes things happen. And through the tribe of Judah, God is going to send his son and he's going to make it happen. We're going to be able to get saved. Jesus is going to give his life for us. So as we took a look at that, they sell him into slavery. So you might call the first moment a high moment. Glory. Got the coat. Jealous brothers sell him down in the dumps. It's kind of like life. Have you ever noticed life has kind of got its ups and downs? And we just continually push forward as we continue to move on with life. So he gets sold into slavery, but what happens? God's favor is upon Joseph. And after he's sold into slavery, he become, he gets bought by a man named Potiphar, who's kind of over the prison guard. And we find out that Potiphar trusts Joseph so much that he raises him to being basically second in command over his house. He knew everything well under him and his wife, of course. He was over the slaves of the house. So he's risen up again. He's got that stature. Then we find out the wife's got a little bit of a crush possibly on Joseph, and she convinces her husband that, or the people around that he's done something he didn't commit, which is commit adultery. So he's put in prison, back down, just like in life. Back down. Now he's in prison And as he's in prison for a crime he didn't commit, we might say, he's in prison, the prison guard notices him, and he becomes head over the prison. Everybody in the prison was under his command. Kind of crazy how that works, right? So then, now he's kind of over prison. Well, then he comes across these two men. And we're reviewing here for those that maybe have just joined us for online, because I've had some say they did. So um, we're reviewing because he comes across two men who were pretty high in Pharaoh's house. One was the cupbearer. One was like the head chef or the head cook. He was, both of them were in charge of Pharaoh's life, basically. They put their lives in the hand. Why did he need a cupbearer? Well, the cupbearer would drink the drink before Pharaoh did to make sure it wasn't poisoned. And maybe eat the food as well, just a little bit, just to make sure it's not poisoned. The chef has to make sure all that's in order. So these guys are pretty high in Pharaoh's house. Well, they end up in prison. We don't really know what they did to offend the king, but they did it. And they're sitting in prison, and while they're in prison, they were given dreams. And we notice this dream thing coming back into play with Joseph again. And as they're sitting in prison with the two men, they're looking at Joseph, and Joseph overhears them talking, and he's like, hey, tell me about your dreams, right? So, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course. So they tell him the dreams, and the cupbearer gets a good dream. He tells him the translation says, you're going to get restored to your place in three days. You'll be restored to where you were. Well, The baker, the chef, he's sitting there like, hmm, that sounds pretty good. So here's my dream. Well, remember, his dream wasn't so nice. He said, yeah, yours is three days as well, but you're going to be dead in three days, basically. (laughs) Talk about a bummer. What do they call it today, a (laughs) buzzkill? Something that just mellows it out. However, after all that, remember, the cupbearer did get restored, but before he left prison, he said, remember me. Joseph did. He said, remember me. When you get back to your place, because I'm in prison for a crime I didn't commit. I was unjustly sold into slavery. And he kind of goes just a small spill of his story and says, remember me. Two years later, it's like he forgot about him. You ever feel like you got forgotten in prison? Or maybe you weren't in prison, but you've got forgot where you were at. Has any of you ever had that question moment when you're looking at God? God, did you forget about me? It feels like he's called you to do something. 
And you thought you were doing everything right, right? And sometimes it's our mistake, but then other times it's God's just saying, it's just not time yet. This is your call, but it's not time yet. And we're sitting there waiting, and as we're waiting, have you ever had those moments where it feels like you're saying prayers and they're hitting the ceiling and falling back down? It's like, God, are you listening? God, are you up there? And you're going through some stuff. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about Joseph for a minute. The guy got sold into slavery. The guy got thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit. Now, it's pretty low. Now, yeah, granted, God had his favor upon him, and he kept raising him back up. Two years later, Cupbearer remembers because Pharaoh has a dream. God had been setting the stage all of these years, and we're going to find out tonight why, to preserve that tribe that he promised Abraham all those years ago. Jacob, he's preserving the tribe. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, remember? Let's go ahead and pick up where the story, this is kind of where we're at. So they've been before him. They don't realize it's Joseph because he's Egyptianized is the term we used a few weeks ago. He's been Egyptianized, so he doesn't look like himself. He's been speaking to them through a translator. I'm going to hit on that again later on tonight. He's been speaking through a translator, so they didn't know he understood them. But there's been a whole, and if you need to check that, I'll go check out some of our previous messages from the last few weeks. But eventually he sends them back, but they run out of food, so they come back again. They bring Benjamin, because he says, you better not come before me unless your younger brother's with me, because you won't, he won't see him. Judah explains that to Jacob and ends up getting, or yes, Jacob to allow them to bring him along. Once he brings them along, Then we got the issue we talked about last week where they had all a good time. They ate. Then the silver cup, Jacob's cup, the cup of divination, ends up in Benjamin's bag. Now they're back in Egypt. We got into that a little last week. But what we're getting ready to talk about tonight is the revealing. Because he's getting ready to reveal himself to his brothers. Talk about a jaw dropper. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Genesis 45 verses 1 to 3. It says, then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence. That's what I meant. What a jaw dropper, right? You're the brother that we sold all those years ago. Remember why they sold him? The boy was a dreamer. He had all these dreams, and he had a dream that he was going to have his family bowing down to him eventually. We're seeing the fruition, the fruition of that come to pass right now. It's starting to be fulfilled here tonight. So imagine his brothers could not answer him For good reason, right? When Joseph finally is convinced of the transformation that has taken place in his brothers, he reveals himself to them. We've been talking about the test wasn't actually about whether they were thieves in the land, looking at the land. There was actually a test to see if they'd really changed or not. The first thing he says is, I am Joseph, does my father live? Now, obviously, he knows the father's alive. They've had communication about him. But his real question here is not really wondering if his father is dead. More than likely, he's asking about his well-being. Is my father well? Is a better translation, they believe, of that text there. It is the equivalent to asking, is my father well, or is everything okay? Everything okay with dad? So he's checking on his father's well-being. But his brothers, we talked about for good reason, were speechless. 
Moving on in Genesis 45 there, verses 4 to 8, it says, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near to me, or near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years of the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. So he's given us this time period of when this is happening. Two years into the seven bad years is when this is taking place. Moving on there in verse 7, it says, And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and the ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. I'm wondering right now, is the first thing going through the brothers' minds the dreams? Joseph recognized that as soon as he saw him bow the first time. They didn't know who he was. I'm wondering, ooh. But there's probably more guilt than anything right now. They sold their brother into slavery. The brothers made a poor choice. That's obvious. But this has been God's plan all along. We notice as we look to the text. So even when we're going through something, and this is what I always try to remember when we're going through the down times, when we're going through something, God has a plan. God has a plan to use us for it. And in some cases, I think in many cases, you're going through that something so that you're going to be able to minister to somebody else later down the road who goes through the same thing. So while you're going through, instead of moaning and complaining and griping, be praising God all the more while you're going through because he's got something for you on the other side if you're willing to stick with God. And Joseph did. As they cower in fear and shock, Joseph has to draw them back to him. Come on back over here. Come to me. Come closer to me because they're afraid by good means. We were going to kill you. We sold you. You're alive. What? God used their evil plans to give Joseph favor in the sight of Pharaoh. He was setting the stage for what we're seeing here to preserve that tribe as we talked about. Continuing there in verse 9 of chapter 45, it says, hurry and go up to your father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children, your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of the of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall not tell or you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Though they have done him wrong. Joseph has still given them a chance to survive the famine. Could he have let them? He could have. He's in charge. He could have let them die. Deserve it, right? That's a lot of times what we think about people when they do us wrong. He wasn't like that. But also, let's not forget something else that I think came as a shocker here. It's kind of what we talked about earlier. They didn't know that he could understand their speech when they were talking before. If you go back and read what they were saying before, they didn't know that he understood what they were saying because he spoke with them, the translator. Imagine the looks on their faces when he starts speaking Hebrew and they realize who he is. 
Mm. Can you imagine? That's why we say jaw-dropping. So all this time, everything we've been saying, this is God. And he probably heard them complaining. Remember, they were complaining, God's done this to us. It's got to be God for what we did. Just imagine. Anyway, continuing there in verse 14, it says, Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this, load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your households and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded to do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Say what? For modern terms. Say what? You're going to bless us in the famine? My brother's in charge? Looks like he's forgiving me right now. And he's going to help it. Now, you know they struggle with that. We'll, we'll talk more about that next time. But uh, my brother's a king. First of all, he's a king. He told me I was going to bow to him. And mom and dad, too. They didn't believe him at that time. They thought it was just 17-year-old arrogance, right? There was much weeping, I'm sure, after finding out that the brother you sold, who could have been killed, was preserved by God. We've talked about the guilt over the last several weeks. We won't go back there tonight. But you've got to imagine there's probably a little bit of guilt lifted. Like, he's still alive. We've got a chance to redeem ourselves here, right? God even allowed them to find favor in Pharaoh's eyes because of Joseph. What, it was Pharaoh that said, tell them to load their carts, bring him here. We'll take care of them. Remember? Joseph said it, but so did Pharaoh. Verse 21, it says, Then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. And he gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father these things, 10 donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt, 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and they departed. And he said to them, See that you do not become troubled along the way. Joseph's story began with favoritism. We noticed that. Remember, God, or his dad gave him favor, gave him the coat. Now he's given favoritism to Benjamin, but that's his 100% brother. He's got the same mom, same dad. The rest are half-brothers who did him wrong, right? So he's blessed Benjamin with more, but that's not where we're trying to focus. And now he is communicating favoritism to Benjamin with extravagant amounts of silver and five sets of clothes. But not just for Benjamin, his entire family is getting provisions from Egypt. And there's one word there that kind of sticks out before we read our last passage and get ready to close here tonight. The Hebrew word here is generally translated to become troubled. We're talking about that last part of verse 24 where he says, See that you do not become troubled along the way. Generally, that's the way it's been translated in some of our translations. But in its normal sense, it expresses 
someone getting worked up or agitated in a wide variety of different ways, such as anger, excitement, fear, anxiety, joy, and sadness. So a whole run of emotions. I was dealing with fifth graders today. We were talking about emotions a little bit and the emotions and test anxiety. So, and they, you know, we had a good little discussion with those fifth graders and sixth graders. I don't remember which grade it was when I was talking, but what we notice here though, is when he's telling them, see that on the way do not become troubled. It may be that Joseph was assuring them that he was not going to send an army after them. Remember the last time he sent a man after him to retrieve the cup. Remember? And this whole time he's been playing them, right? He's been playing them and seeing how far this thing will go. But he might be that they're assuring him is what they think, that he was not going to send an army after them because of second thoughts. In other words, he wasn't going to accuse them of plundering or thievery and slaughter them all. Because he's given them a lot of stuff. And now they're walking out with more than a silver cup. And they want to make sure, and I'm sure there's the thought, is he going to stick to his word here? But Joseph does, and we find that out as the story goes. So they think that may be more what they meant by, see that you don't become troubled. Don't be arguing over about whether I'm going to turn on you. Just go get dad. Go get dad and bring him here. Let's wrap up our scripture tonight. It says, then, verse 25 there, then they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive. Mm. And he is governor over the land of Egypt, or over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob, sorry, and Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, was revived. Then Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Well, let's see. We talked 11 years in between him getting sold into slavery and when he got out of prison. You add another seven years, that's 18. You add two to that, that's 20 years. It's been 20 years. Jacob has been thinking his son has been dead this entire time, eaten by wild animals. He still doesn't know the truth. Imagine that conversation. Some of y'all can relate. Imagine that conversation. Maybe not that drastic, but imagine that conversation when you have to tell dad, yeah, dad, we lied and uh, we did it. That's going to be hard, hard to do. Jacob, it seems, doesn't believe them at first, but in the end is persuaded to go see him because he sees what they've been blessed with. No normal Pharaoh is going to just bless a random guy with some stuff. This is what brings the Israelites to Egypt and sets them up for the next part of the story. What part of the story are we talking about? Well, next week we're going to get into the blessings and things that Jacob put over his sons and things like that. But the next part of the story I'm referring to here that God's setting up is Moses. We're getting to that. How did Israel, when living in Canaan, get to Egypt? God set the stage. He set the stage this entire time. What's the scripture? Genesis 15. Remember this? This was Abraham. God told this to Abraham years ago. Verse 13 and 14. Then he said to Abram, see, that was before even the name change. Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge afterward They shall come out 
with great possessions. And we'll get to that when we get to story. You're going to get to hear that verse again when we start the Moses series here. I don't know how long it's going to be now. So, because uh, next Friday we got the Good Friday service. We don't have service on Wednesday next week. It will be Friday next week. We're going to do a Good Friday service. We're going to try to combine some mixture of joy, church, and next level. And we'll get with Ed, see. I'm hoping we can all kind of share the service a little bit. So, uh, But that's going on next week, so there's no Wednesday night service if you're tuning online and was thinking about joining us. But you can come on Friday night, 7 o'clock. We'll be here for Good Friday service. But we're going to talk about that then. The week after, we'll wrap up Joseph. Then the following week, I'm going to let, or in one of those orders, Brett's going to be here. They're going to, him and his wife will be joining us, and he's going to give his testimony. I'm going to let him give his testimony probably the week following Good Friday. So that we can get to know him, you guys can get to know, I know him, so everybody can get to know who he is. He will be joining me as associate pastor at Next Level Freedom Church, and can't wait for that. So it'll be a few weeks yet, but we're going to wrap up this story and then see where God takes us, because God's given me a couple of directions on the next series. We may be talking, I've been working on one for since probably August, where we're going to prove the accuracy of the Bible, and why do we believe the Bible? We're going to talk about that, the evidence, all the stuff that we can look at. But also, I've got a Moses series ready, so we'll see which one God has me do first. I'm just going to pray and seek God on that, but we'll wrap this up here probably three weeks from tonight. So thank you for tuning if you're tuning online. God bless you. That's all we have for this evening. But what I want to do before you leave is give you an opportunity, if you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to receive Him tonight. It's simple as asking. You say, Dear Jesus... I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. If you pray that prayer, you meant it from the bottom of your heart and you're online. I want to say congratulations. Welcome to God's family. I want to give you one more tool before we get out of here. Go to our website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. On the main page, you're going to click on the menu button, which is in the upper left corner. There'll be a Dropbox drop down. Go all the way to the right side and click on the link that says the road to new life. It will take you to a separate website that I created in college, which will walk you through the process and the steps of salvation, why it's necessary. The scriptures are there. So if you've got questions more, that's one way you can get some answers. So I hope you will take the time to do that. God bless you if you've been tuning online this evening. Look forward to seeing you again next week. We'll be doing Good Friday. So uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.